0: I take pleasure in introducing to you I take pleasure in introducing to you
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Bloodthirsty Times. I am your host, Octavio. And... and a boy, Will.
2: And I'm Emily.
1: The contrast. <laughs> the contrast. I had to do something special for the last yeah. one.
2: I thought you were frozen for a second.
0: <laughs> no, I just bled it out for a little bit. Yeah.
1: Got to make it last. It's got to last a lifetime. Yeah. For uh, this episode, uh, I decided to do a story about the best coast. That's right. We are talking about the unsolved murder of Tupac Amaru Shakur. And, you know, I I guess I'll talk a little bit about Biggie. What's cool? Yeah, I guess we'll throw Biggie in the mix, too. I I, I guess. But only because I have to, to tell the story properly. So anyways, uh, grab your get, call your click, and uh, join us in these bloodthirsty times. Yeah. yeah, it's not it's not about a Mexican, but close enough. It's West Coast LA and you know I'm going to use that for our last episode. Wait, what do you mean close enough? I mean, it's it's West Coast gangs and shit. You know, they do that
2: shit. Close enough. Okay.
0: Mexican black. As long as you're on the West Coast, right?
1: West Coast. So, yeah. uh, Oh, wait, before we start. uh, Happy birthday, Josh. Happy Um, birthday, Josh. Happy birthday, Josh. Also, Argentina won. Argentina is the world hey, champion. Vive Argentina. Messi finally got his World champion. Cup. Oh, Had to lift up the world, the world Cup for the first time after five tries. And it was an exciting fucking game, man. France really bought it. Dude, it was... I don't know if that, this is the national anthem from Argentina, by the way. I'm about to turn it off. But you get the point. I don't know it. No, I don't, I don't either. Even but, turn it off. Doesn't yeah, sound familiar just, to me. No, you shouldn't. But yeah, Argentina fucking finally took it home, dude. After that was, I was on my feet and having a heart attack at least six times.
2: But I'm happy game, for Messi.
1: Not
0: happy that the goalkeeper did what he did at the awards. Yeah, the,
1: the disrespect. That was that, super inappropriate. The golden, cock, the golden cock glove. Hmm. But uh, good for Messi, though. I mean, he finally got it, and it, it's it actually was very like emotional to see him lift that cup up finally. And cement himself as the best player, you know, of our time. One of the best players. Yeah, one I, of. Let's not who, go too. Who far. would you put above him though?
0: Uh it's him and Ronaldo. Probably the the front yeah. runners. Ronaldo, oh, man, for we, sure.
1: Ronaldo lifted up the World Cup. him off.
0: No, your fucking mouth. no not he, he didn't. Today. Just but be quiet. Messi scored one goal today.
1: He scored uh, two every single game. Yeah. He scored two today. He scored two today. He scored two out of three today. And he has scored every game this World Cup so far. Yeah. One of them is so right in front of the net. So, yeah, that's okay. It's a goal it's a goal it's a goal it's a goal. Okay.
0: True. But there was no talent involved. So,
1: <laughs> uh, except for he's playing in the final in the World Cup. Whatever. Oh,
0: True. Wow. True like So was France. No one saw that coming.
1: Yeah. No, they won the last time. What do you mean? Yeah. They're, I was going to say, different okay, how,
0: how many people had France going into the World Cup? Uh, oh, a lot of, of our of our friend group,
1: like half of them, it was France or like, any On our friends group. board, there was zero. Yeah, there was maybe one. Didn't
2: you guys have four people on your friends board?
1: No, we had like twelve to fifteen. I remember, but uh, that yeah, we're going we, for France. Yeah, well, no, no, I think there was a, uh, about four people that I know of went for France, and then like six or seven people went for Argentina. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was people knew the Like France. For some reason, Mexicans supported France more than Argentina. Maybe because in Latin America, Argentina is a bunch of dickheads, but you know, whatever. Yeah, it is. I
0: mean, hmm. I told you that.
1: Yeah. Either way, congratulations. (laughs) Uh, That was was a very exciting game. Uh, This whole month was actually very, very fun. Uh, But yeah, it's fun. So uh, last week we had an announcement uh, personal to us, not the World Cup anymore, but about our lives. Uh, We told you we are being done with this podcast. This is our last episode. Mm-hmm. Um and we are starting up a brand new one next year, early in early next year. Uh and it, it's gonna be a whole new thing. Do you guys want to tell them what it is finally so they can start uh supporting us on the pages and stuff? Do it.
2: Um it's called Bad News Bears. Wait, there's a comma with the comma.
1: It's bad yeah. news bears.
2: It's bad news bears. News bears.
1: Yeah, and it is going to be uh, a fun podcast. Uh, I guess we bring you the important news, that the only news that you need to hear, all, just only the important stuff, like the time that a clown tattooed all of his paint on himself instead of just painting it every day. That was what? That's a good example. Yeah. yeah. We'll bring you the important stuff.
0: We can play Florida or anywhere else in the world, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah stuff like that yeah read the headlines who said it kanye or hitler uh that no, you know that good kind one. of stuff yeah know, good good one. One. yeah so yeah that's it's gonna be a fun, you a fun it's brand new episode <laughs> it's all kanye it was it was always kanye so yeah go out there uh i think we definitely have an instagram for sure as of right now uh it's bad news bears podcast on instagram go ahead and go follow them because that's us we are them, um, and the page
2: looks completely blank because it is because we haven't set it up yet. It's just I claimed the tag so our handle, whatever the hell you call it.
1: Yeah. So just yeah. yeah, we just if you support this podcast, go ahead and just support our next venture, and um, get us going with a bunch of likes before we even get started. And anyway, well, you'll we'll have updates on that one uh, as time goes. So we'll you'll know exactly when the first episode drops, and you'll you'll know ahead of time. Um, to be prepared for, to look out for that So yeah, brand new uh, podcast that of ours coming out uh, With a, an additional person We have an, a friend of ours named uh, Timmy uh, He is a big Filipino man he Used to be a stand-up comic And he's funny Travis. dude So he will be joining us And we are the Bad News Bears So yeah, go bad. out and look for us out there And news that's bear- pretty much all we got uh, Argentina won, my brother's birthday And Bad News Bears So you guys want to jump into this now? Wait, Let's we go. aren't
2: we aren't the bad news bears. We're just bad no. news bears. Right, we're no,
1: bad bad. Yeah, news bears. Right. Okay, we're, we're is news bears that are bad at it. Is all oh, it is. Got it. <laughs> all right. So uh, enough of uh, us. Let's get into this this story that I saved for last because it is, uh, you know, West Coast. I almost said the N word. Um, because that's just uh, that's just how it goes. I mean, we say West Coast. That's just how it is. Excuse uh, me.
0: We're I'm just going
1: with a bang. Did I, just did, all the N bombs. I was going to say, putting, yeah, the a Together, it, it was. How do, how do I not include the N word in a lot of this? Because Tupac's second album was strictly for my N words, N I G G A Z. That's how he spelled it. That's the name of the album. Like, what am I supposed to do about that?
2: Um, There's, it's, a, it's no, it's an acronym. Like, it, he puts periods in between each letter. I know, but if, if you look at for?
1: it, yeah, what does it say when you look at I it? I know. That, But also, but also, not even just like that. Not even just like that, but actual quotes that you know how I always give Will and you quotes. I couldn't use like half of them because in the middle of it, these hood rat, you know, gangster people, rappers are using the n word in the in their quotes. So what am I supposed to do with that? It was just really hard to put together, and I managed it, but still, venturing through this one was uh, tricky. You could have put it 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 in, in and I would
0: have read it like Anchorman
1: yeah and just blame the- anything that's on the screen <laughs> yeah. yeah you put it in front of him he's gonna read it go fuck yourself san diego no good so three. now now i'm sure we all know who tupac is uh you know it's not like selena the episode with Jenna selena where she was like well known when she was alive but like when she died she really like became famous it's not like that tupac when tupac died he was at the tippity top of his career everybody knows who he is and who he was at the time and like, even if hip hop and rap isn't your thing, you knew his iconic image, you know, the one with the bandanas and the Thug Life tattoo across the stomach, because he was always plastered all over the news, right? There's nobody in our time in our age as millennials didn't know who this guy was. And like, it, it, like I said, news people who used his image like against gangster rap, they made signs and protesting his shit with his image on it. Like he was iconic in every way. Um, so, you know, that being said, Tupac is the greatest rapper of all time. And you could argue like, nah, like Eminem is the greatest or whoever you want to say, but you'd be wrong. Go ahead. Say someone that you think is better than Tupac. Go ahead. Anybody. Biggie. Biggie Smalls. You're wrong. Biggie. You're, you're, you're Biggie. wrong. Biggie.
2: You're wrong. You're wrong. See how that works? Uh,
1: you say, you say another name. I say you're wrong Post, because Post you're wrong.
2: Post Malone. Post Malone. Yeah. He's... Eminem for sure. <sighs> <sighs> Eminem. Go oh, hold on. Hold
1: on. Hold on. Yeah, I'm going on. Before we're even <laughs> done, you're fired right now. You're fired right now. No, not Machine Gun Kelly? Just go. Just walk away. Please. It's his
2: favorite.
1: I'm
0: going to join. Yeah. Well, about- Who's
2: Who Who our pianist?
0: Richard? Richard. Yeah, I'm going to join him in the in employment line. <laughs> gather my welfare check.
1: Yeah. See, the thing about like other rappers is that... Like, take Eminem, for instance. He had... He is the best-selling rapper of all time because he's had, he's been at his job for twenty-three to twenty-five years. However long he's been around, he's had this whole time to sell albums. Tupac's career was only about five years long, and in that time, he's he just barely outsold by Eminem. So I mean,
2: it's because like people don't. That's not very
0: impressive.
2: It's not the same. Yes, it is. Twenty-three okay, years so compared I'll to a five-year career. I'll give you that Tupac was more of like an agenda pusher, as far as like he was, you know, trying to do good things and like poetic things with his rapping, rather than like other than the shit talking he was doing. But um, to say that he's better than Eminem because he sold more, I feel like.
1: I mean, what what other what other like. Limit or whatever.
2: I don't. I don't know.
1: Implementation of a comparison. Would you put to to make it seem like he's not better? Lyrically, he's better than Eminem. I mean, there's no mm. arguing that.
2: Freestyle wise, is he better?
1: I don't think he was a freestyler, so that's not his exactly. thing.
2: Also, I didn't know that he had sold more than Eminem in five years, as opposed or compared to twenty three years. Well, no, see, Eminem is winning.
1: Sense. Eminem is winning that fight. Like, but he's had. Four times as long, maybe five times as long, to do that. So when did he so, <clears throat> surpass Tupac's numbers? I don't remember. I didn't look at that. Didn't look up that because Tupac's the best, and I don't care so about. So you didn't come with list.
2: all the facts. You just came with came with the ones you wanted about Tupac. Yeah,
1: you biased yeah. son of a bitch. Well, exactly. this episode's about Tupac.
2: So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, not that's not kind of how it goes. What not about about lives, so we're not talking about him. What were Biggie's numbers?
1: I don't give a shit. I didn't look him up at all. Worse, Biggie's this is about two person.
2: No, 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 opposite. Biggie, yeah, very Biggie's much. Not,
1: Biggie's not a terrible person. Tupac is. Mm, I, no, okay. I I looked. I read a lot about this. Believe me, and uh, I didn't find Biggie to be a terrible person in this. I found a lot of no, the rappers we didn't to talk about. Biggie uh, played no part in people's deaths. No.
2: Like on a scale of like Shug Knight to jesus i would say he's more towards jesus than suge knight let's just absolutely
1: yeah you'll see as we go along dude like i I looked into both of their lives and tupac is far and above the biggest piece of shit or bigger piece of shit between the two and other rappers i learned all about west coast rap and everyone from their origins where they started and their whole life from nwa up to you know e40 up in the, the oakland area but biggie did not come across as any kind of you know Like, holy shit, that guy sucks, you know? You know what I mean? It was really surprising. Yeah, you'll see as we go along. You'll see. So You'll make make a believer out of me. (laughs) I'll try to. I'll try to. But uh, so to kick things off, so we're talking about pieces of shit. So the life and times of Tupac is controversial, to say the least. He was in legal battle after legal battle, and the whole time he was out here trying to make a difference in the world and often fought against the status quo. He tried really hard to make changes, he rallied against social injustices, especially against black people at every opportunity, and that had been instilled in him since birth by his mother, which is actually where I want to start Tupac's story, with his mom, Afeni Shakur. So Afeni Shakur isn't the name she was born with, instead she was born in Lumberton, North Carolina as Alice Williams in 1947. When she was still a young girl, her mom moved her and her sister to the Bronx because her dad beat her mom. Because of the assassinations of both Malcolm X in 1965 and Martin Luther King Jr in 1968, Alice joined the Black Panther Party. That same year she married a fellow black activist named Lemumbu Lemumbu, Lum- sorry, Lemumbu Lumum- Shakur. Lumumbu. And that's when she renamed herself Afeni Shakur. And actually, the last name Shakur, um, it was actually a chosen last name that a lot of Panthers use because it was a name that embraced their traditions and heritage and cast off their, you know, anglicized names that the, the white man gave to them. So Shakur is a chosen name. It's not like Lumumbu's last name was actually Shakur. It was just that's their Black Panther name. And that's just become their actual name because huh. legally that it is. So that's how they got Shakur. Uh, lots of people in this community was it was Shakur a lot a lot of them so Lumumbo though was much older than Afini and it turns out she was his second wife and I don't mean that he had previously been married and he had remarried her I mean he had two wives at the same time
2: hmm. Cody Brown style I like it
1: yeah, yeah. apparently in there uh was it was he Muslim or Islam so, Islamic nation, whatever they they are part of was it was acceptable to have two wives i forgot which one he's from but i mean a lot of these people are from the nation of islam but i'm not sure exactly yeah, where he's from
0: with saying shakur mm-hmm. uh, that would probably push it more towards the islamist
1: yeah so whatever he did I'm, black, i don't know exactly black but I'm black just saying, islamist
0: would probably be the. What,
1: yeah but whatever he was it was okay to have two wives and actually if afini wanted to she could have had another husband if she if she really wanted to but she didn't uh so what happened was um they they had a bunch of kids in, in their lives and the the other mom or the other wife would stay with the kids and then Lamumbu and her would go do their black activist thing while the other mom stayed at home oh that must be nice mm. but pretty soon after Afeni uh, had become you know after she joined the Black Panther Party she became respected enough to become a leader in the Black Panther Party however in 1969 she and her husband were jailed along with 19 other activists for allegedly conspiring to bomb department stores a police station a railroad facility and even kill police officers and in history books they are referred to as the panther 21 this group had been enough of a threat to be infiltrated by law enforcement and even j edgar hoover said that they were
0: the greatest threat to the security
1: of the country their <laughs> bail had been set to an exceedingly high amount of hundred thousand dollars each so a few woke New York liberals like Leonard Bernstein got together to raise the money to set them free. Afeni had been the first to be set free, and she set out to raise money for the others and ended up teaching at Columbia University in Manhattan. At some point around this time, she separated from her husband and met another panther named William Garland. She ended up pregnant because of old William Garland. Unfortunately, oh, her bail- Billy. <laughs> oh, oh, Bill- Bill- Billy Oh, Billy. Oh, Bill- Oh, Billy Garland. William's out here getting everyone pregnant. Are you? Okay. Unfortunately, her bail had been revoked and she was sent back to jail because some of the Panthers, uh, the Panther 21 group, they absconded. Imagine that. So because the people she was involved with absconded, she was sent back to jail or prison. Maybe I said jail, but had to be in jail. Anyways. Uh, she stayed there till May 1971, and then on June 16th, 1971, not even uh, a month later, she gave birth to a son. She named Lassane Parish Crooks. About a year, uh, oh, what um, a fitting last name! Oh, sorry, <laughs> uh, Emily. So Emily had an argument about this. Like she was getting heated. Like Lassane Parish Crooks is a weird name, isn't it?
2: No, it's not. I don't it think is. it's an average name
1: at all. How have Las- okay, never so met let, a, let's break never now. a
2: person? Let's break it down by first, last, or first, middle, and last. Okay, so Crooks is not an uncommon name. Like I feel like that's I've
0: a, never like, heard. I've never went to school in my one eighteen years of fucking going to school. I've never met someone with the last name Crooks. I met one person. A single person. I've single met person. two,
2: but they're it's actually Crooks.
0: That's, so that's not whatever. a good. It's no- not a good number for the amount of yeah. people you. you know. You
1: live in the South, so yeah.
2: But parish also, is, is fine Louisiana. too.
1: Yeah, like, because like, we live near Louisiana. That's the only reason. No, the only, not, the only like reason I've heard of Parrish can... is because of uh, Religious Jumanji. <laughs> his last, <laughs>
0: his last name was Parrish. His last not name was parish. Not even his middle name.
1: Yeah.
0: His last name was Parish,
1: And Lassane, or uh, Lys- however you pronounce that, Lassan. Well, the first that's, names are I,
0: irrelevant. Those are here nor there. They're made up words half the time.
1: They are made up I mean, my name is Octavio. But um, yeah, that's just, it's a strange name and I'm standing by it. Like, it's not common, I guess. not strange. It's not like it's weird. It's just like, wow, I've never heard that before. And that's all it is. But uh, Emily got heated about it. So whatever. I mean, you
2: could say that you've never, how many people have you met in your life with the last name Spears? Spelled the way mine is.
1: Yeah, but that's pretty white. Since I, Since I moved here, a lot.
2: That's but before untrue. That, No.
1: Before that, no. I know, dude, you, you walk around the shipyard and there's spears this, spears that. I swear. Probably not spelled the same. When's the last weird. time you met someone with the last name Orr? I've never met someone with the name Orr. I've
2: never met no. anyone named Orr.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I get people that walk up to me like, hey,
1: I knew an Orr. Are you familiar? Hey, Will, are you, are you related to them? Like, no. <laughs> hey, Will, when's the last time you met someone with the name Gonzales? Fucking never.
0: Oh, uh, I think yesterday when I got a chimichanga. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, you live in Southern California. That makes sense.
2: <laughs> there's a, Anyways. There's a lot
1: of, there's a lot of Gonzalez's. In, yeah, I'm, a, in I'm California. Aware. I. It is the most or second most common name in okay, Mexican so last name.
2: Back to like who has the most uncommon name. Let's just touch on the fact that there is another Octavio Gonzalez. spelled mm-hmm. spelled the exact same everything at Inglewood, where Octavio works.
0: The yeah, there's yeah. only one way to spell Octavio. Yeah, but I've Fabio. literally
2: never heard of that name until I met him. And like now that there's like. We were, I don't remember what, how we found it, but there's another dude with the exact same name working at the exact same place. That's weird.
0: Emily, do yeah. I have to tell you again that you live in the South? There's <laughs> he's not the other guy's Rican. Puerto Puerto there's, there's definitely the a lot Puerto Puerto of Octavios Puerto. in the South. There's yeah, like not California or yeah, maybe, so how,
1: maybe New York.
2: <laughs> Why New York? <laughs>
1: I don't know. There's a lot of uh, New Yorkicans out there. Anyways, so Lysane Parish Crooks is born on June 16th, 1971. And after about a year, Feeni changed her son's name. She renamed him after a Peruvian revolutionary named Tupac Amaru II. And now we have Tupac Amaru Shakur. Tupac had been born into a world of social revolution with his own mother being one of the biggest leaders in that fight. He didn't really have a dad, so all these panthers that he knew were his guides early on in life. <laughs> Uh, we're talking about common common themes in life, huh? No, no sorry. <laughs> you just had to
0: throw that little nugget in there. Yeah. I uh, didn't have a dad. I... Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's important
2: uh, to his life. Tickled.
0: Uh, it tickles me. I'm glad it's the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> I got a little oh, hand on this one.
1: One of those Panthers was a woman named Asada Shakur. Uh, She had actually been Tupac's godmother. However, in 1973, she was found guilty of murdering a New Jersey state trooper. And yet somehow, with the help of her brother, Matulu Shakur, she managed to break out of prison and make it to Cuba, where she's still at today. Matulu Shakur ended up marrying Afini and becoming Tupac's stepdad in 1975. Matulu already had a son named Maurice and the four of them moved to a house together in Harlem. Then in nineteen eighty one, Metulu was found guilty of robbing a Brinks armor truck and killing two cops and a security guard. And this event would send Matulu to prison where he is at to this day.
2: Actually, the United States the United hmm? States Parole Commission met on November tenth of this year and voted on his status and they granted him parole and he was released two days ago on December sixteenth, twenty twenty two. Really? Yes, Why? partly due to his declining health, but it, so he, he's
1: been there for a you're 1981. You're so 40, me.
0: he's been there 40 years. He, he's you tell 40 me, the, years. Ju- ju- the judicial the the judicial system has a heart?
2: No, they just don't want to pay oh, for his medical I think bills. They're overcrowded. Uh, I have nothing to do with heart. I think at all. It's, yeah. he's
1: served 40 years. He's declining in health, and they are overcrowded because so I so just, I, just I like the the let motherfucker the motherfucker loose. I wouldn't let Matulu out. he, he sounds dangerous they do tons of inter- interviews with him about his son stepson and he sounds like a normal dude but i don't i, I don't know
2: yeah uh, i feel like they may have waited until they knew that he couldn't rob another brink's truck because of uh, you health. could rob a Brinks truck in a fucking wheelchair what are you talking about <laughs> i don't i don't know how but yeah no a gun that's all you need <laughs> i don't I know how like you gun- run away from wheelchair <laughs> They could really, you know, yeah, run, yeah, run away. Yeah. From Can the you imagine bullet, a,
0: a, a guy in a fucking motorized wheelchair with an arrow 15? I'm going the other Jeez.
2: way. Oh my god,
0: that oh, thing on full power will outrun me.
2: I mean, 40 years that's a really long time to be in prison. 40 and... years is a
1: long time for murder. Three, three murders. Um, Come on. so yeah, I'm not, saying that
2: mean... it, I'm, I'm not saying that he didn't deserve life or anything. Come on, Emily, like...
0: why are you on the bad side again?
2: 25 years, isn't it?
0: I thought we got over Where's this it? on the
1: last episode.
2: No, I'm saying that like dude, she didn't I don't did you see she changed her, her Instagram name. <laughs> did she's, you, her yeah, Instagram <laughs> she's
1: Emily whatever seven thirty one. Oh, on Jesus. Instagram. Oh yep. god. And now she's well, anyways. Now she's gonna change her last name to
0: Shakur. Shakur no. Yeah.
2: No, I'm saying that I don't agree with him not not having to be in there, but I'm saying the the reason I believe he got out is because that our judicial system does not want to pay for his medical bills. So it's cheaper it's for true. them yeah. to release him.
1: He's old. He did a lot of time. Yeah, I mean, I don't agree with him, but I think it's fine. Anyways, after Matula's imprisonment, Afini took their kids and moved back and forth between Brooklyn and Harlem. But eventually, when Tupac was 14, the struggle got too difficult. So Maurice joined the military and Afini moved the family to Baltimore in 1985, where she received government assistance. However, shit was still hard for the family. They struggled to pay essential bills and the lights would go out sometimes. And he would also have to sleep on a bare mattress without sheets or blankets. It's just, it was a hard knock life for us. Um, So it wasn't all bad though, because in Baltimore, he got a chance to study acting alongside Jada Pinkett Smith. But uh, I guess I got to keep that name out of my mouth, right?
0: (laughs) You want to
1: get slapped? I don't. No, I don't. That, I could you could hear that slap from across the auditorium. It sounded it was hard. Mm-hmm. So the school Tupac attended was called the Baltimore School for the Arts, and here he had a chance to not only learn how to act, but he learned how to dance and do ballet. He read Shakespeare and Machiavelli. He had been inspired by the works he was reading to start writing his own poetry. However, Tupac has always been like a good-looking dude. He had like a sporty body, you know, kind of tall, lanky, and even though he had lived a tough life,
2: hold on, you said tall. He's yeah. 5'11". That's not tall. I mean,
0: 5'11 is kind of tall. Yeah.
2: He's, for what? how skinny he was? For I, how skinny he was? He just is tall. average. I'm 5'8". 5'11 for, is not tall.
0: Good
2: for you. <laughs> 5'11 is happy. tall.
0: You're an inch away from six foot. What are you talking about?
1: I mean, I'm 5'11".
2: I'm not, I don't think I'm short. I'm just no. saying, like, tall is tall. Like, that's yeah, just Yeah, I, I guess. But he's,
1: I guess when he was younger, he just was so, like gangly and like lanky he just looked taller i guess maybe but he was just like he had like a a runner's body but he never did sports at all so he was just like a good looking dude like in general um but like i said he did have a tough life however he was more intellectual than a street tough which isn't what he wanted to be viewed as because in his world he can't be seen as soft right you live in this hood world of baltimore and you can't you can't be a soft dude you can't be like, oh, I'm doing poetry under a tree like that. Nah, you soft. You didn't get beat up. So his poetry turned into lyrics for or rap rhymes. And this mentality of needing to be seen as a real gangster and not just a soft and sensitive poet he actually was. Uh, well, I mean, you know, he was both, but he didn't want to be seen as a poet. Well, that feeling stuck with him his entire life and caused a lot of shit later on. As he got better and better at writing lyrics, he decided to start calling himself MC New York. Unfortunately though, his mom had gotten into doing crack and any money they had went to drugs instead of paying bills. So, Tupac had to finish his homework by candlelight. uh, You know, which made his grades suffer. It's just things were not, he didn't have a good home life. And, but this didn't last too long, though, because there had been a murder in the neighborhood recently, and Afeni decided to send the kids to Oakland to live with a Black Panther friend named Linda Pratt. Pretty soon, she sounds Afeni, white. She's not. <laughs> she's she's actually the wife of a like the of a Black Panther leader. I forgot his last name is Pratt. I forgot it's his Chris's mom. Name. <clears throat> I'm just
0: Anyways, saying. pretty soon, not setting their kids up for success. They go from wherever they were at to Baltimore to Oakland.
1: Mm Hmm. Yeah, it's not. It's. I mean, it's not. I don't feel like they have a choice, though. Like, it's not like, like, oh, I'm gonna move to the shitty neighborhood because I want to. I think they took what they can get. So pretty soon, Afeni made her way to the west coast, and she moved them to Marin City, which is a poor black neighborhood. Uh, It actually started uh, becoming a black neighborhood in like the. After the Civil War, a lot of uh, black slaves moved that way and they just kind of inhabited that neighborhood. And it just kind of got worse and worse with, uh, you know, poverty and stuff like that. And it eventually received the nickname of the jungle. And it it is just kind of ironic or interesting because it's only like a mile or two north of the Golden Gate Bridge. Like it's in, like you go over the Golden Gate Bridge, there's like one neighborhood, and then the next neighborhood is the jungle. So it's just right across the bridge is. A shitty place to live I guess it's like LA yeah like you, you, could, my, be another, you could be like,
0: yeah you could be a mile away from Beverly Hills and you're like whoa
1: well I mean we me Emily f- experienced that in where the fuck am I me and Emily experienced that in Memphis uh, we were like in uh, what's Beale Street like it's really nice and the uh, hotel we were staying at like across the street was like a dilapidated building so like you have the tourist area it's really well taken care of and then like as soon as you're not in a tourist area they don't give a shit about you yeah like, it's literally, like, from our room window, we could see a dilapidated building, and it's it's really crazy.
2: It was sketchy as hell. Sure it was. It's like NOLA,
0: too, right?
1: Oh, dude, Very NOLA is that's so, that's everywhere, all shit. though. It's yeah. just all shit. NOLA goes from, like, shit to, like, shittier. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I actually do like, I, I might love NOLA, like, actual city, like, Bourbon and, and Magazine Street. I, I do love, I like going there. It's not safe. Yeah, don't I like go going on there. any
0: of the streets <laughs> nearby. Stay okay, on those go. streets. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So when Tupac got to Marin City, um, he was dressing like a hippie talking about peace and one love and shit. But the people from the jungle were straight up gangsters and he did not fit in. I mean, he couldn't even play basketball. He wasn't sporty in the least. This just wasn't his thing. So he was beat up by the neighborhood gangs and his home life was getting increasingly volatile volatile since Afini was still addicted to drugs. So he decided to move out. So he moved out and before he dropped out of high school next, he started a rap group with his friend, Ray Love, called Strictly Dope. And through music, he met a young white woman named Lila Steinberg. And she decided to take him in and let him live with her and her husband, who was a DJ and promoter. Then she agreed to be his manager and she helped him get signed to TNT Records. Lila just believed in Tupac. She just always had his back.
2: I didn't realize she was married. I thought that they were together.
1: Like No, no. He oh was, she was young. She was a young 20s when she let him in. But, I mean, in the book, it did say that he caused problems in the house. I don't know what that means, but I don't think... Because they had kids. They I'm had assuming kids
0: by your last name, he, she was a Jewish woman.
1: Yeah, she was a white, woman, Steinberg. white Jewish woman. Yeah. So they, her and her husband, who, like I said, was a DJ promoter, he was already in the business, and they had two kids, and she did say that he was like the messiest person ever, so maybe that's where the problems came from. But they didn't, like, imply that they were having some kind of I know affair or whatever
2: messy like he was gossiping or messy like he didn't clean up after himself
1: did not clean up after himself
2: okay
1: he was also like 16 at the time so oh yeah so eventually though tupac moved out of lila's house and moved to oakland with his stepbrother maurice who settled there after his time in the military Although by the time Tupac showed up, his brother Maurice was going by the name of Mo Preem and had been on the Billboard 100 top 10 hit Feels Good by Tony, 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 which if you've never heard it, you should actually go and listen to it because it's a really good song. But if you want to see it, it's on season two, episode nine of Rick and Morty, where you can see them murdering rich people and then dancing to it. It's a good song. It's a really fun song. Sounds Uh, sounds fun. It is a very good song. I'm not even kidding. The song gets me going. Uh, anyway, while living in Oakland, Tupac started dealing drugs to get some money while he worked towards becoming a recording artist. He ended up buying an AK-47 to protect himself. Um, but to be fair, Tupac didn't enjoy selling drugs. I mean, look at his mom. She was suffering, and he saw that. But he also knew he needed money, and that was a fast way to get it. So together with his brother, Mo Prem, they came up with the code of ethics for drug dealers to abide. Mo Prem was quoted as saying, Hey, yo. When you're going
0: through poverty, everybody dibbles, everybody dabbles, but let's try to be
1: smart about it. Tupac and Mo Preem called his new code of ethics thug life, which actually stands for the hate you give little infants fucks everybody.
2: Which everyone thinks that thug life is um, a negative term and it's not or it's not in their terminology, like how they were using it. And it just like thug means underdog. And that's like a person who still manages to succeed and overcome life's obstacles. And as you stated, that was the acronym, The Hate You Give Little Infants Fucks Everybody. And that was, in his eyes, um, a way to further explain that what you feed the youth as seeds will one day grow and blow up in your face. Essentially saying if people allow hate and discrimination to dominate their lives, then you end up passing that on to our youth. Yeah. uh, So don't be a piece of shit and don't teach your kids to be pieces of shit. Okay.
0: And don't fuck Uh, infants.
2: Right. Because everybody
0: fucks everybody. You, the you hate, got
2: yeah, it's,
1: yeah it's, it's, good it's, uh, it's good advice either way. It's good advice either way. But Afini actually had a hard time when she heard about Tupac and her and Mo Priem's thug life mottos, you know, because the word thug is hard for her to understand in a way of positivity because seeing as how he grew up as a black panther, which is all about like black power and like being a strong black man and like being upstanding citizen type of thing for your people. She's like, you're going to just muddy that by saying you're a thug. It just felt wrong to her. And actually, uh, when he got his Thug Life tattoo across his belly, she tried to stop him, but she got there too late, and he'd already got it.
2: I don't think that at any point in time in the history of Black Panther have they ever associated themselves being upstanding citizens for themselves or for the rest of the world. Like that's not their mo. I don't. Then you know
1: nothing about the Black Panthers.
2: No, I'm just saying like they're more for change. They're like I'm not saying they're always being like negative or trying to like start shit, but like upstanding citizens like. I don't for, feel like for That's their, their for what they have
1: to do. They're they're good to each other. They're like they're they're really strong about like containing their own community and being there for each other. Not necessarily for the greater, you know, country as a whole, but like for the black community. They're strong and, and upstanding to each other. Like they would rather buy food from a, a black owned business than someone else. You know what I mean? That's just kind of their whole thing.
0: I'm with Emily on this white side of the story.
2: I don't feel like upstanding citizens (laughs) is the correct terminology then. I'm just saying like, that makes me think Uh, that you're talking about like law abiding people and they clearly were not law abiding people. Like you're
1: talking about a handful of people when there's thousands upon thousands of black Panthers.
2: I'm not saying that like they were all criminals. I'm just saying like, that wasn't like their. I don't know. I just wouldn't have used that to describe them. Like I'm not saying if you you, you were to,
0: if you were to tell me Malcolm X was a peaceful person, i would be like, what history book did you read?
2: Exactly.
1: I, I mean, they, he was trying to make radical changes. That's different. I'm talking about the like, everyday Black Panther. <laughs> okay. Well, there were, no
2: we're all splitting people hairs on this themselves.
1: Black Panther shit. Yeah. It re, we really are. Yeah. Anyways, although Tupac himself never got into the heavier shit, he was never sober. He hated being sober. He was always smoking weed or drinking alcohol. Like literally always, he smoked regular cigarettes too. But he smoked weed like regular people smoke cigarettes. Like it's just he always had a cig of weed in his mouth. Always. I don't know if you guys knew that, but he was never fucking sober.
2: I did not know that.
0: I could have assumed.
2: (laughs) I don't know. Like, watching the stuff, like, I've watched a a shit ton of stuff about him since then. It's like Tommy
0: Snoop Dogg has never been sober in his life. Like, yeah, I believe that. (laughs) I definitely believe that.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of his brand, though, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah.
2: Well, I feel like that might have been Tupac's.
1: It really it was. Mm-hmm. It, was. Mm-hmm. it was literally always high. So Lila, meanwhile, was still hard at work managing Tupac until finally she found a way to introduce Tupac to NWA's road manager and digital underground manager, Atron Gregory. Atron got Tupac an audition to join digital underground, who was led by Shock G, also known as Humpty Hump. And he ended up impressing them enough to let them join them as their roadie. This obviously was humbling for Tupac. You know, he's on his way trying to be a recording artist. And here he is. Oh, you got the job, but you're going to be a roadie. So he's, he just thought it was better than nothing. So he carried the group's equipment for a while until they moved him up to backup dancer. And you can actually see him do the Humpty dance on the Arsenio Hall show. Uh, just in the background, just killing, it, killing the Humpty dance. He was going all in. We, we watched that earlier. Did you remember seeing him in the back? Like yeah, he was, was all like in the that- middle, wasn't he? Yeah, he's in the middle. Oh, and he, was, he was getting it. He maybe getting it. I had the you wrong definition
0: of roadie in my brain. I yeah, didn't that's that, not what I did, either. I didn't think that meant carrying equipment. Yeah, you, know like know saying. you
1: load and unload.
0: In your mouth.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> He's not a woman.
0: Maybe
2: they don't discriminate.
0: Mouths don't discriminate, son. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he wasn't that kind of roadie, is all I know. Huh?
0: Okay, okay. What I'm saying.
2: From what you know, he wasn't that kind of roadie. Uh,
1: (laughs) obviously obviously Tupac was working towards becoming a rapper and finally got his chance when Dan Aykroyd's first and only directed movie 1991's Nothing But Trouble hired Digital Underground to perform a scene in his movie and Tupac sang the chorus and a a separate verse and was also featured on the movie Uh, I don't know if you guys ever seen it but that movie's weird as fuck but also super fun to watch is very strange. I well, didn't know Dan.
0: It? I didn't know Dan Aykroyd was the director.
1: Yeah, that's his only movie, and it's weird. Yeah. And he has like a dick nose in it. and It's like, I dude, it's it's a weird movie to watch, but it's fun. It has like Chevy chasing it. Uh, I forgot the other people, but man, it's it's strange. It is a strange movie.
2: Oh, nothing but trouble. I was trying to figure out. what You said the movie was called. I've yeah. never heard of it or seen
1: it. And the, the scene that he's in has is like a like a three minute scene where like they get pulled over or they get stuck in this town and he's like a judge Dan Aykroyd is like a judge and he looks all fucking weird and like in inbred looking and um, he's judging them and he they tell him that they're a, a performance group and they're going through and they just got stuck so he's like fine prove it so they perform this song in the courtroom with you know Tupac in there uh, doing his thing and then Shock G singing a verse and then he's like I guess you guys really are uh, entertainers and then he lets them go but it's, it's fucking strange it is a strange movie with Chevy Chase in the background, handcuffed the whole time. Anyways, check that movie out. It's fun to watch. It's super weird. And that was a, that was Tupac's big break, so it's relevant. <laughs> because of Digital Underground and Nothing But Trouble, Atron agreed to manage him. Atron sent demos out to all kinds of record labels, but they weren't really into his, like, at the time, his Will Smith-style raps. You know, real positive, real upbeat type of thing. You know, because he's like 16, 17, so he's, he's coming out with what he knows. Um, until finally, a guy at Interscope Records brought it home, and his daughter loved it. So now, because of that, Tupac was signed to Interscope and had changed his name from Tupac to Tupac, spelled with the number two. Oh, I see what they did there. Yeah,
2: the way that it's spelled with the two P A C, I would have definitely said Tupac. Tupac, like no Tupac. that's about that. That's Tupac.
1: By November of 1991, when Tupac was only 20 years old, he had released his debut album, Tupacalypse Now, which featured a song that really showed off his unique style of writing, which took from real-life struggles and tragedies from within the Black community. And that song was Brenda's Got a Baby, which is based on a story he saw where a 12-year-old girl threw away her baby in Brooklyn. So it's based on a real story that he read. That's deep. That song garnered him a lot of attention because it showed compassion in the song like no one ever has in like a public public way like that so he got a lot of attention from that song and like he, he really made a name for himself as like a I guess it, to, in today's terms he'd probably be a woke rapper but really he was just he pointing out the shit that's going on in the world mm. so even though tupocalypse went gold and he was doing just fine on his own he still wanted to join forces with Mo Prime his stepbrother and create a rap group Although nothing really ever came of it, Tupac invited his East Coast friends to join. And that's how E.D. mean, Yaki Gaddafi, and Tupac's cousin Castro and Napoleon would end up becoming Tupac's backup rappers, the Outlaws, with a Z at the end. But that wouldn't be till later. But that's just how the whole thing kind of got started.
0: God, what a smorgasbord of names, huh?
2: Yeah. They did, Is that all they one that person? Up, that's on purpose. No. E.D. mean, Yaki Gaddafi, Yaki Gaddafi,
1: Castro, and Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, EDI mean is one person. Yeah, Gaddafi. is Another one, uh, Castro. Another one, and Napoleon. And they are all dictators. If you noticed, and that's on purpose. That's to show mm-hmm. strength, and you don't fuck around with them.
2: Okay, then first two I've
1: never heard. I don't know what EDI means from Africa. I don't know. They're, they're all plays on uh, yeah. Dictators. Gaddafi.
0: Gaddafi was Saudi. Saudi Arabia. Obviously,
1: yeah. obviously Fidel Castro, and yeah. then uh, Napoleon. Dynamite. France. No, not the movie. (laughs) So at the time of writing his first album, he had a severe distrust of the police because, you know, they falsely imprisoned his mom um, because all that shit they accused her of was not true. They just kind of trying to pin it on them. And maybe that's why in his lyrics, there was a lot of stuff about killing cops and shit like that. Despite him admittedly never having a run in himself with cops That is until shortly after he released his album when he was stopped by Oakland officers for jaywalking. They asked him for ID and he argued with the cops, but about why they were harassing him about jaywalking, like, it's not a huge deal. Just like, give me my ticket and let me go about my business. And he said, hey, yo, the police sweated me about my name. Next thing I know, I was in a chokehold passing out with cuffs on headed to jail for resisting arrest. Tupac sued the Oakland police and walked away with a forty-two thousand dollars settlement.
2: Forty-two thousand dollars in ninety-one. That's a pretty good amount. I'm. So, I mean, no, I'm not saying it's not a lot. A lot of money. It's just like. I think he sued them for odd, ten million. By the way, I think so, he said I'm going to sue you guys for
1: ten million, and they settled for forty-two k. So jaywalking pays. That's what you're
2: saying. they're yeah, right.
1: It's, it's a lucrative business that jaywalking. Damn.
2: I don't think it would you pay, pay much beat, for though. you and I, or at
1: all. You have to get all. beat. You have to get beat, police. I, I so could probably I could
0: probably take a mag light to the eye. Yeah? For forty two K shit. It. <laughs> yes, Your please.
2: Fucking facial surgery would cost more than forty-two grand. Yeah, I wouldn't uh, no, be. Just, uh, no,
0: I'd live with a wonk eye for the rest of my life. I don't care. <laughs>
2: <laughs> You'd possibly never see out of it, but
0: cute. I don't care. 42K?
2: That's I'm, not gonna last.
0: That'll buy me half of a Dodge Charger SRT.
1: Half, not even uh, around that, not right now, dude, it's 120 easy right now. What? For a 90, fucking car? R? Dude, 90K, a, 90K of SRT. I saw a Civic Type R for like 110.
0: A Civic yeah, Type R. That's because it's a Civic, bro. We're talking Honda. We're, talk, we're talking about Dodge Chargers. You not Anyway, made out of plastic Dodge Charger with a big-ass fucking engine in it? Yeah, those are like 90K. Hmm.
1: Probably find one, maybe like a 352 or something. Yeah. Anyways, around that, that, yeah. around that same time, Tupac had tagged along with Digital Underground's rapper Money B to an audition for the movie Juice, and he took the opportunity to audition for the role of Bishop. Naughty by Nature's Tretch was there to audition for the role as well, but with Tupac's schooling and acting background and using lifelong anger as social injustices, he easily won the part. Like he was, he didn't plan on going there. He just saw that that was a casting for like a dude who fit his profile. He's like, you know what? I'm not prepared for anything, but I'm just gonna go ahead and audition. And he got the part. So the thing was, at the Baltimore School of Arts, he had learned how to get really into a character's mindset, which is also known as method acting. And he really method acted the fucking part out of this, which is uh, Bishop. The character's name was Bishop. Um, but according to Tupac, the cameras just happened to be rolling on real emotion when he was acting either way Tupac did such a good job that he was starting to be looked at for other movie roles I've never seen that movie
2: I still I don't know what movie like the name I don't even know what you said I did not that's the name of the movie I've never even heard of it
1: the juice is loose it's just juice I've never saw I know it's kind of like boys in the hood but on the east coast oh
0: yeah,
2: never yeah, heard of it. Of I,
1: I think I know the plot because of the book, but I've never saw it myself.
2: What does juice mean in that context?
1: I, I couldn't tell you. Never saw the movie. But in January of 1992, Juice had its theatrical release and Tupac saw himself as Bishop on the silver screen. And for some reason, things just clicked for him after seeing how much of a badass gangster Bishop was. And it seemed like Tupac had liked what he was seeing. And for a lot of people, it kind of seemed like Tupac had decided to turn into his character and started hanging out with different gangs. You know, kind of just depending on where he was in the country. He has been photographed wearing both blue and red bandanas, not to mention he began covering himself in tattoos heavily. And, you know, while in 2022, you're not really a rapper unless you have a shit ton of tattoos. In 1992, just 30 years ago, that shit wasn't normal. Tupac was the only one who was like super heavily uh, tattooed, even for like gangster rappers. But that's just kind of who he was. Um, And as we go along here, you'll see that becomes more and more true. Does that make sense?
2: I'm just like stuck on the fact that 92 was 30 years ago. I feel like it was 10 or 20.
0: Nope. 30 years ago. I'm feeling a long long time ago.
1: We're old. Yeah. But does that make sense? Like as we go along, you'll see that like he really does become his character Bishop more and more. Like that's the point I'm trying to make. Yeah. Yeah. So a little bit later in 1992, Tupac moved to L.A. after being recruited by director John Singleton to star in his movie Poetic Justice after seeing his performance as Bishop and Juice. At the same time he was filming Poetic Justice, he was working on his second album called Strictly For My N-Words. N-I-G-G-A-Z. How do you say it? Uh, kind of rhymes with ninjas. No, it
2: doesn't kind of that's why i say kind of emily how do you say it gingers it rhymes with gingers
1: filming for poetic justice wasn't easy (laughs) though he came across a lot of problems on set he almost got into fights um but luckily famed poet maya angelou famous for her i know why the cage bird sings uh poem was for some reason there i don't know if she was uh, advising on the film or whatever but she was there and she humbled Tupac for being an ass on set um, and then another time Janet Jackson was pissing him off uh, because she wanted him they were having like a they were supposed to do a love scene or like a kissing scene and she wanted him to get tested for STds and he was like I'm not doing that because it's not real so you know she was pissing him off and even the production company was pissing him off uh when he was supposed to have a day off they told him you have to go do promotional pictures instead So he got pissed and punched out a window. But it wasn't just the people on the set making life hard for him. Since the film was mostly filmed in Oakland, there was also local gangbangers showing up and hanging out by the gates and yelling over Tupac, talking shit and trying to get a rise out of him because they used to know him. You know, he used to be part of that area. He grew up there for a couple years. So they would just talk shit to him. Like, oh, you too famous to, you know, hang out with us now and all this shit and try to get a rise out of him. It didn't work, but they were there every day talking shit.
0: Wait, so you're telling me Life was hard because he was supposed to have a day off and he had a good do promotional No, nah, that was just
1: one example. Oh, man.
0: That was just one example. Come on.
1: Sounds like a little whiny
0: baby to me. It's like actors and like, oh my God, my day was so difficult. I'm like, you yeah, got paid millions of dollars to sit around for eight hours and do one hour of filming.
2: Suck my dick. <laughs> Pretty much.
1: Yeah, it was just—it was an example. It may be a bad example, but still, I guess the point was he broke a window. Like he was just—he was a menace on set. Is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, he was a little prissy bitch.
2: No, am I wrong? No, you're 100 percent right. That's a little bitch Thank move you. to do. Yeah. Also, I hope like little five nine.
0: eleven bitch ass.
1: <laughs> 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 Go ahead, Octavia, continue. <laughs> In late April 1992, (laughs) while on a day off from filming, he was at a recording studio in Atwater Village when they watched the Rodney King verdict being read out on their TV. And obviously they were pissed, you know, but it didn't really register right away because they were doing their thing in the recording studio. That is until Ice Cube's homie Jinx and his friends rolled up with beer and liquor and a bunch of hats stacked on top of each other. Like they were wearing the hats and there's like one on top of the other. And it was clear that all those hats had been stolen. When they came in, Tupac and the guys looked up and they just said, LA's on fire. So Tupac jumped into Jinx's Honda Accord and they made their way to Wilshire and right before they made it to the street, for some reason, Tupac took out his nine and shot a couple times into the air through the Accord sunroof. Which, honestly, I can only imagine must have been loud as fuck for the people in the car. Don't you think? Like, these gunshots right next to your head, like, in a car? I don't know why he did that, but he... that LA's on fire.
0: That would piss me off. Yeah, like it would you, you're gonna off- too.
1: You're like, hey, you're right here, motherfucker. We're in a car. I got you tinnitus big shit. now. I got tinnitus now. <laughs> I got tinnitus. So now, after that, after they passed Wilshire, they kept going until they arrived in South Central, and they immediately saw the chaos happening around there. I mean, traffic was at a complete standstill because people had just straight up abandoned their cars, and then other cars were flipped over and set on fire they pulled up to a record store on Crenshaw and saw that there were hundreds of people all over the street. They were looting and destroying shit. And of course, like everything we have seen recently, there were people legitimately mad about the verdict, but then there were other people who saw this as like an opportunity to just pillage whatever they could. There was all kinds of people there. Were people taking advantage and legitimate pro- protesters. I mean, we've seen that in our life so many times.
2: Yeah. Right? And it doesn't make any sense to damage someone's business and livelihood just because you're pissed off at a verdict or anything in life because that person didn't do shit to you. Yeah, that, that makes oh, sense.
0: I will bite my tongue when it comes to opportunists of protesters.
1: Right. that Those people are assholes and I don't agree with them at all. Um, however, I'm not on Emily's side of you got to break a few eggs sometimes. I mean, <clears throat> shit like this <clears throat> happening, there's got to be made a, an example of.
2: You say that as someone who doesn't own a business or have like a depending, I don't know, a revolving need for someone to come in your store or whatever restaurant and purchase things like that's so damaging to someone else's livelihood, but you're just doing it because of someone else's. So you're essentially just furthering the issue.
1: And you're saying that as someone who doesn't go through social injustices every single day.
2: I'm not saying but that that doesn't mean that doesn't mean I'm saying they're wrong light, for light your,
1: light your town on fire. I, exactly. Yeah.
0: But we've seen exactly. that. How many, times, how many times do you see that in cities where one thing goes wrong mm-hmm. and they burn the city down
1: A couple and then, times and life. then,
0: yeah. yeah. And then now all those people that burn their city down, their message doesn't get across. It's yeah, the I exact, it's the, it's the exact opposite.
1: I agree with that. That the, people look at every action normal are, overshadow yeah. like what the actual reason is. Like you just kind of like your point becomes moot when you destroy things and people look at you negatively. I get that side, but at the same time, like, sure, fuck you, it. There,
0: you need to raise your voice and and make your point be heard. But there's a time and a place. And burning your your own city down, you know, that's broadcast to the rest of the world, and everyone's gonna yeah. look like, holy shit, like. You know Philadelphia, uh, you know places that have had injustices, and they're like, "Wait, they burn their city down because of this?" Holy fuck!
1: They're yeah, they're more the focused
0: point. on burning the city down than they are about what actually happened. That point gets lost.
1: Yes, I that I see that entirely. I do agree with that. Yeah. Um, so but there is King a Fox-
0: there 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 should be a reaction to injustices, but when you start crossing a line, that's when your point gets lost and now it's it more focused on your actions versus what the actual injustice
1: was. I mean, uh, argument against that would be when the French were not letting their people eat cake, they just cut people's heads off and they're like, oh, okay, we shouldn't treat you like shit. Got it. Yeah. So, you know, that's a counterpoint there. Anyways, <laughs> since, since Tupac that was, was near... Wasn't that, what, 1800s? Eh, still people. Since <laughs> Tupac was near a record store, some people stole his albums from inside the store, ran outside to get Tupac to sign them for him. And I doubt any of them kept them in like good enough condition, but can you imagine how much a Tupac CD signed during an active riot would be worth today? Can you imagine that shit? That CD would be f- fucking thousands and thousands probably $100,000. Easy.
0: Yeah, it's in a garage
1: somewhere. Or a- I doubt it.
2: They're probably all burned in businesses. Yeah. In, in protests <laughs> I, and doubt,
1: I doubt that they, any of those survived anything long enough. So, True. black people in LA, I think, had, again this is probably controversial to you guys, but I think they had a damn good reason to be pissed off. I mean, there was video evidence of what they did. It would be in today's world the exact same thing if Derek Chauvin had been found not guilty by an all white jury. I just want to say that
2: just not only black people, like that pissed me off too. Like that's not I'm a white person and that's still very much not okay. Like I agree with that. What happened was not okay. But I don't agree with the burning and the rioting and all of that bullshit.
0: This is one of those no. cases where the justice system actually prevailed. Yeah. They, with they, Jack it, yes. They put someone that yeah. shouldn't have been on the police force to begin with. Uh, right. Basically murdered someone and now is serving justice for it. We can say serving right, justice but, I mean, with, so with, with hypothetical uh, quotes,
1: but – right it is a direct correlation to like, we had eight minutes of Derek Chauvin leaning on this guy's neck. And like, I didn't do that. Like we eight minutes, we saw you. And for however long the Rodney King being happened, we saw you do that yet. You're still not sent to prison for it. Like we saw you do it. There's video proof. And yeah, well, Chauvin that's got, why. Yeah. Chauvin got sent to prison. The right. Rodney King. Thing was Rodney a King different thing That denied.
0: was a, yeah, that was a completely different time in law enforcement where it was. Exactly.
1: And it was LA and Rampart hasn't even happened yet. So it was, well, Rampart was happening. You know what I mean? So they hadn't yeah. been found out yet. So that shit was prevalent. Like L.A.'s has a long history of being a shitty fucking police department. Yeah. Really corrupt. And then when you think of when you
0: think of uh, the Rodney King incident, you just think of the riots. You don't think of the actual action. Right. right? You yeah, just think of right. the riots that happened after it where they burned the city down for for months. Yeah. And so it really you don't, don't overshadow
2: the whole situation.
0: It, it, does. It, it, it does. And again, there's well, a right to be angry. But also, it's you're walking a thin line of, okay, how much chaos do we need to start to bring the media to us on this attention, like on, mm-hmm. on this uh, like incident versus now it's being broadcast as we're just destroying
1: our own city for something? Yeah, well, just like Very the three of line. us. Just like the three of us, uh, NWA all had different opinions on all this. Tupac and Snoop were all up in the mix. Tupac and Snoop were doing all kinds of shit during the riots, man. They were up in there. Easy e thought it was stupid to destroy your own neighborhood. Even though, ironically, ironically, NWA's fuck the police could be heard throughout the whole city. Ice Cube mostly stayed away, except to check on his house and to attend the wake of a neighbor who died during the riots. Dr. Dre just stayed in his Calabasas home and wrote a few songs about it. And also, speaking of Dr. Dre, the book I read, which was Original Gangsters by Ben Westoff, it had a bunch of quotes from Dr. Dre. And every time the book said Dr. Dre said, I, without fail, every time, always finished it by saying, "Nothing, you idiots. Dr. Dre's dead. He's locked in my basement." Every single fucking time, my brain, when I heard that line, was just like, I, "I'm finishing this quote." Every single, because, I did said it a lot. And that's is that why Eminem's
2: the best rapper. Yeah. No, it's exactly. just.
0: That's why Eminem that's not, is the best rapper.
2: You're not is is that why? Boxes, because that's why he finished okay. your sentence for Outside. you, sir.
0: It just, it just, it, for me, it's funny that all these gangster rappers are. Like oh he was at his home in Calabasas. <laughs> you rich motherfucker. Yeah, he's, he's, guy
1: You're a rich. you Live two doors down from Dr. Dre, and and then his producer lived like between them. They they all lived in Calabasas before yeah, Calabasas he, was these f- fucking rich f- ass f- ass f- <laughs> and they're talking
0: mm-hmm. shit like they're a fucking gangster. Like maybe at some point you were. Now you're not, dude. And now it, you're it, living it, rich it, with your f- fucking Bentleys in your gated community away from the riots. No one's coming to your house to burn it down. <laughs> I went to a wake for some – my friend of mine that
1: died in the riots. Come on, dude. Well, if you're super interested in the start Look, of West Coast Rap and all – It's the biggest
0: drama movie I've ever heard of.
1: It really is. So if you're interested in West Coast Rap and want to know way too much information about about Dre, Snoop, Easy, Cube. Um, like, for example, did you know that Dre and Easy were giant pieces of shit? And they both have around 10 kids and would constantly beat women? Yeah. I, I probably I would have guessed about that. Dr. Dre.
0: It wouldn't have surprised me if you when you just told me that it didn't surprise me.
1: Yeah, of all the people, like Cube was probably the most sane. Snoop was pretty sane too. Like they're all, they're not as gangsters you think. Is what I'm trying to say. Like Cube was kind of real in Calabasas. Yeah, but man, they they, they didn't make a lot of money and kept their
0: fucking ghetto house in Compton.
1: The book honestly shattered my like view of 90s rap. Anyway, uh, the riots would end up lasting until May fourth and cost the city an estimated billion dollars. Officially, sixty people would die, and ten of those would be at the hands of police. The unofficial number is unknown because, just bad. like during, just like during nine eleven, nefarious people would use the tragedy to settle their beefs. Since clearly the police were busy, so the un the, the toll the death toll with everything is unknown. So what's what's one out of five?
0: What a- 15 percent, 18 percent?
1: One out of five would be like 20%. 20%? Okay. Yeah, 20 percent. 20 percent? Okay. 20 times 5 is 100, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's true.
2: Also, see, like all of those things that you just listed, none of that makes sense to say that rioting would have been beneficial. None of that. Like literally not a single thing that you listed or we've talked about has, you know, backed up your theory that standing up for what you believe in and rioting is the way to go. Like, clearly, was, that's not.
1: Uh, I don't know if this makes sense, but was Derek Chauvin uh, q- uh, guilty or not in the court of law? He's
2: guilty. was guilty.
1: Yeah. So maybe he did send a message. No, but the,
0: the jury was from no. a completely different city.
2: Yes. And rioting yeah. and ruining but, your okay, own so town saw, does not make that. happened
1: last time you didn't say that this dude who was caught on film beating a person happened, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they, dude, when the Derek Chauvin verdict was being read, people were ready to destroy whatever town they were. I swear, like people were exactly. lined up.
2: Exactly, that's what you're, That's and what we're saying. That wasn't,
1: wasn't... and then he wasn't, and they didn't burn it down.
0: Yeah, because justice was served. Quote so, unquote, served. This is this is a different community. This is a different time.
1: It is a very different time. That's the only. It's thing. A very different time. And but because of situations like this, we live in the now times because of the fucking riots and everything happening. Like there is the, some the, progress there. To, the as jury, it backwards as it seems. But you the jury just made wasn't. My point.
0: Yeah, the jury wasn't worried about. Fuck! If we find him not guilty, they're gonna burn. It's like we live in a at completely. The time were not, yeah. they, we, we live in a completely different city. They brought in a jury from a completely different town. They're like I'm not worried about this shit. They just yeah, they saw. They were
1: western, weren't they?
0: They just saw they were, the actions. The
1: trial in Simi Valley was where the trial was at. In Simi yeah, Valley. they
0: saw they saw the actions of the officer and said, "This guy's a fucking psychopath. He needs to be put behind bars," yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. and justice was served and again this, right. this is a different time but still we still see riots happen on shit that you know riots happen and I'm not going to try and get too political but before all the facts come out riots are happening mm-hmm. before, I, the cam, right? the, before the body cam right before the body cam footage shows that like holy shit he shot two cops and then they lit his ass up there's riots in the streets because that's just the norm Mm-hmm. It was another white cop shooting a black guy. We're gonna fucking burn our city down. We're like, hold on a second, hold on. Did you watch the, the the camera footage? Because you're in the wrong. But it's it's just this like normalized uh, behavior now, where if something goes against your beliefs, it's burn it down, burn it to the fucking ground, fuck everyone. And until we learn how to change that, like I don't, I don't, I don't. We're in a society where it's like you're you're walking on eggshells every single fucking day, because you're worried about people rioting and burning your fucking streets down.
1: Am I wrong? Now that Tupac, now that Tupac lives in L.A., <laughs> he lived on a quiet street uh, with his mom in the San Fernando Valley, but was constantly making the rounds to Watts and Compton and getting to know the gangs and anybody and everybody else that he could, while deciding who he could or couldn't trust. And it was around this time that Easy e from Ruthless Records and Suge Knight from Death Row was trying to sweet-talk Tupac into joining their label. They each took Tupac out to dinners and bought him stuff. But for the moment, Tupac was chilling and focused on his movie career. So he wasn't trying to make any quick decisions as, a, as signing to another label. But they were trying. They were trying. And that speaking of the riots... That movie is good. That movie is yes, good. A, a different angle to the riots that it isn't talked about as much um, was that... Through sheer luck, the day before the verdict was read um, for the Rodney King beating, the Crips and the Bloods had established a truce. Because if you're familiar at all with gang life, each gang has territories, and if you're not from that hood, you were not welcome, period. Going into their turf was to gamble your own life, even if you were not a gangbanger. But now, with the truce, Crips and Bloods were co-mingling, and the riots helped bring them closer. So, black leaders took this opportunity to call for a meeting with the Crips from Grape Street and PJ Watts, along with the Bounty Hunter and Hacienda Village Bloods, to discuss a new way to deal drugs, which turned into a 26-point treaty. And even though Tupac wasn't there at these meetings, the treaty was based off of Tupac's thug life code of ethics. They all agreed to not sell to underage kids, pregnant women. They also decided that squares, or people not involved in gangs, were off-limits, even though Tupac was brand new to L.A., his Black Panther connections garnered respect from gang leaders. Plus, they liked his music, with you know his inspired lyrics. And so, it was actually just a straight-up miracle that even though there were a few fights, the treaty was still agreed upon by all the gangs. And in the two years following the treaty, gang violence went down forty-four percent. Oh, this was this was happening I just, during the riots. That's I just so feel like that's it's so, a so odd adorable.
2: fucking thing to be proud about. You don't you're not gonna tell the kids or pregnant women like. Who needs a fucking treaty for that? That's just like that should I be just, like given. Regardless, I wish,
0: I wish I could have been there for that twenty-six point treaty.
2: <laughs> hey, yo, oh motherfucker! Guys
1: were, you guys are assholes. Can't even give credit when credits due. No, they're <laughs> no, gang. They're gangbangers. They're fucking yeah. criminals. That's the I, life. I know. It's not, it's not for you to decide if it's good or bad. I, I, but what, it, what do you want to? You want to give
0: them the Nobel Peace Prize?
1: I should give. The people who facilitated this Nobel Peace Prize, because that's oh a lot of fucking God. people. 44% is a big fucking number if you're talking about death.
0: Yeah, because they decided not to shoot another person. Yeah. God damn. Such a great human being.
1: I hate, I hate both. <laughs> Tupac would end up having the same meeting with New York gangs, although that one didn't go quite as well as it, but it was still impressive that he had enough street cred to bring everyone to the table in the first place um tupac was always in the news for stupid shit and was constantly in legal trouble he was always in and out of court um in august of 1992 tupac was doing a show at Marin city festival he was approached by some dudes about some shitty things he had said about Marin city in the press recently so a fight broke out and then some shots were fired and unfortunately uh, six-year-old kaid walker teal was riding his bike nearby when a stray bullet hit him and killed him so much for that treaty This is in Marin City. Regardless. And this wasn't about drugs. I don't know why the treaty was brought up just now. Some reports say that the gun allegedly went off on accident. The the report said the gun went off on accident. But Tupac said it wasn't him. And the police accused Mo Prima of pulling the trigger. Uh, They were both arrested but let go due to lack of evidence. However, the bullet did come from a gun registered to Tupac. Either way, the matter was settled out of court for an undisclosed six-figure sum, and the charges were dropped. I said up top, Tupac's a terrible person. I said it, I said it up top. He's not a good person. He's a piece of shit, um, and I'm going to keep going because there's a lot more to talk about his shitty actions. Uh, these are things I learned that I just didn't fucking know about, but my opinion of him now is that he is a great rapper, terrible person anyways next he was accused of assaulting a limo driver outside of an in living color taping the limo driver said he asked him to stop smoking weed in the car so tupac hit him but the charges were dropped in that case january 1993 tupac was fired from the movie menace to society after a disagreement over tupac's character because of this tupac was a menace on set and the hughes brothers decided he had to go for the sake of the movie A few months later, Tupac saw Alan Hughes on a music video shoot and sucker punched him, so Alan threw him onto the hood of a truck, and then that's when the Crips Tupac was with beat the shit out of Hughes. And for some stupid reason, in mid-July 1993, Tupac went on Yo! MTV Raps and talked about this whole situation. Hey, yo, they fired me, but they
0: did it in a roundabout punk snitch-ass way, so I caught them on the streets and whipped their behinds. I was a menace to the Hughes brother and it ain't over.
2: He said "Whip their behinds."
1: He said, well, he's on your MTV raps. He, he's on TV. Oh, yeah. uh, and the whole time he keeps talking. That's just like a one sentence that he said, but he keeps talking the whole time. There's I the, I don't know who it is. The producer guy is like actively holding his hand over his mouth. So he would shut the fuck up, but it was too late. Uh, MTV raps aired that episode for everyone to see. And Alan Hughes used it against him in court and Tupac spent 15 days in jail. In April of 1993, Tupac was arrested for trying to hit rapper Chancey Wynn with a baseball bat. But Tupac says that the bat was a prop he used in his shows. The whole thing started when Tupac threw an almost $700 microphone on the ground that belonged to Chancey. Things got heated and the crowd ended up rushing the stage. Police had to clear about 3,000 people from around the stage and Tupac says Chancey was scared he had a bat. But never he never actually tried to hit him or anyone. Nothing really came of this until September 1994 when he pleaded guilty, and in October of 1994, he served 10 days in jail. On Halloween 1993, Tupac was in Atlanta and spotted two white dudes harassing a black guy in a car, so he walked over to help when suddenly shots rang out and Tupac ended up shooting one of the guys in the ass and the other one in the arm. After the shooting, Tupac was jailed for aggravated assault and the two white dudes who uh, were also picked up for firing at Tupac's car first and giving false information to police. In the end, the charges were dropped for both parties because it turns out the two white men were not only brothers named Mark and Scott Whitwell, they were off-duty cops who shot at Tupac with a gun illegally seized from evidence. And the two cops were drunk at the time as well. Wow.
0: Now, Now we're focusing on the cops, huh? (laughs) <laughs> there's, there's bad I'm people just, all around i'm just kidding the See, the thing is, I'm,
1: I'm not sure why the charges for both parties were dropped but i can only assume it's part of that good old boy system prevalent in the south because this was atlanta so i don't know why the charges were dropped for the cops and they were drunk and illegally seized a gun from evidence so because i don't it was, know
0: it was probably more of a nightmare to do two different cases one with tupac shooting at them and the off duty cop shooting at Tupac, where they're like, Ah, let's just wipe it clean, shall we?
2: we kind of
0: we kinda, we, time- we both messed up here, right Ah, two wrongs make a right, what I always say.
2: <laughs> Let's touch on that good old boy system. Um, I believe LA has like one of the most corrupt police systems in like the whole country. So like, don't shit talk the South because of that. Yeah, so it not, happens in LA,
1: but, so it can't happen in the South. Yeah, but we're not no, racist. No, I'm just
2: saying you're saying prevalent in the South. It,
1: oh, it is prevalent. It's extremely prevalent in the South. Yeah, it's, it's prevalent in LA
2: too. Al, yeah. Yeah, but LA at least the a, South I mean, is, is driven by LA.
1: racism. LA's. I already said LA was a horrible police. Fucking yeah. shit. LAPD's got.
0: They got gangy. Within their own police system, they got gangs. They
1: do. They do. At least own, the they south, gang.
0: It's race driven. In LA, they're just a bunch of Mexican cops. <laughs> 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 We're going we
1: to.
0: We got guns now? Oh, shit. I, I can all,
1: legally shoot you, Holmes. Oh, Damn. fuck me. We're going to get all the money in the world. So as you can see, 1993 was a shit show of a year for Tupac, especially legally. However, 1993 was also a monumental year for him and for rap in general. The notorious B.I.G., who was originally called Biggie Smalls, you know, that is until a lawsuit with Calvin Lockhart um, from a movie. He took his name from a movie called Let's Do It Again, and they ended up suing him to change his name. Anyway, Biggie Smalls had gotten his start when the Source Magazine, which is a highly influential company started by two Jews in Harvard um, who are fans of rap, started this magazine. They featured him in their unsigned section of the magazine, and that's how Sean John Combs, also known as Puffy, also known as Puff Daddy, also known as P. Diddy, also known as Diddy, and now legally Sean Love Combs, uh, found Biggie in Source Magazine. Wait, it started by two Jews that love... Rap? In on, in Harvard, yeah. Huh.
0: I never would have thunk that.
1: Yeah, they're just <laughs> fans uh, fans of rap and hip-hop, and they're like, we're going to make a magazine about it. So, you know, that's how it started. Now it's one of the most respected <clears throat> rap and hip-hop rags in all the country.
0: Well, get on them. Jews are always thinking about money. <laughs>
1: <Come> <laughs> I think they were just being <laughs> fans at the time. But, yeah, they did make them a lot of money. I, I
2: don't <laughs> know.
0: Dude, <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. It seems like it's racist, but it's not. Yeah, that's just kind of anything that makes anything that makes money. There's a lot of Jews involved. The banks, (laughs) Hollywood. Just ask Kanye West. He has a whole thing about it.
1: Yeah, he'll tell you. (laughs) Kanye West will (laughs) gladly tell you. He has a list of all the Jews in Hollywood. (laughs) It's crazy. Dude's nuts. Um, at the time, Puff was working for Uptown Records, but was fired soon after nine people died at an event he was hosting. And then um, he's, he's managed to save his career after that. I don't know how he did, but he did. So the first song Biggie ever recorded on was in 1992 on a Mary J. Bi- <laughs> Mary J. Blige remix of a song called Real Love. But it wasn't until June 1993 that he released his first track called Party and Bullshit on Puff Daddy's brand new label, Bad Boy Records. Just a month after releasing Party and Bullshit, Biggie made a trip out to California to learn from his favorite rappers, especially Compton rapper King T. And actually, Biggie modeled his whole style and flow after King T. Um, People said that uh, during Party and Bullshit in New York, he sounded one way, he went to California, when he came back, he sounded like King T. So he... Pretty much took the entire style, but he was fine with it because King T, he came there to learn from King T. So it was was fine. It worked out. So Biggie's trip wasn't all business, though. Obviously, while he was in Cali, he needed to have some of that sweet Cali Kush. On top of that, he really wanted to meet his idol, Tupac, who by July 1993 had been in two movies, had two platinum albums. I mean, Tupac was super famous, and luckily, Biggie's weed dealer knew Tupac and set up a meeting. Tupac invited Biggie to his house where they partied and Tupac brought out the biggest bag of weed Biggie had ever seen. Then he brought out an army bag filled with pistols and machine guns and they just went out to the backyard and shot a bunch of guns. Uh, While they were doing that, Tupac cooked steak and fries for everybody and that was pretty much the start of Biggie and Tupac's friendship.
2: That's the most redneck thing I've ever heard.
1: It's pretty fucking redneck. You you have a point.
0: Steaks,
1: fries and guns.
0: Might as well be in the south. (laughs)
2: <laughs> i mean there's rednecks everywhere don't don't do that Mm-mm. is there la
0: gangster rednecks because they're probably like laced in gold and stuff i don't know
2: <laughs> i don't know <laughs> laced in gold <laughs> i don't
1: know yeah so whatever it is it, was, it sounds kind of fun shooting guns and getting high and then eating steak it's a good time they had kool-aid too. and fries it Fun. Yeah, and then a Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid, too. A carne I'm, not, carne. I'm not even lying about that. They had Kool-Aid, fries, steak, and I think some bread. Yeah, carne papas, and Kool-Aid.
2: What did they have for dessert or fruit?
1: Uh, I don't know. I doubt it. Watermelon? I doubt they had it. Watermelon? Wow. No, I wasn't. Wow. <laughs> wow. I didn't even Water. think about that. Watermelon with tahini? This, is, this episode on. is not at all what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> no. This is I had fun kidding. writing this. This has not been fun.
0: This has gone <laughs> off the rails, sir. Yeah.
1: So that was the start of that's how Tupac and Biggie met. And then they became friends after that. Tupac would gift Biggie things like explosive, explosive, expensive. <laughs> <bottles> of- <laughs> oh God. What a friendship that would be. I, I would say edit that out, but leave it. Fuck it. So leave Tupac it. would give Biggie things like expensive bottles of Hennessy. And whenever Biggie was in town, he would sleep at Pac's house. Whenever Pac was in New York, he would swing by Biggie's hood and pick him up in a limo. You know, they would go throw dice with the dudes from Biggie's hood and hang out and party and bullshit. On October 22nd, 1993, Tupac was scheduled to play at Budweiser Superfest in Madison Square Garden. When he went on stage, he brought Biggie up with him, which was weird because sure, Biggie was known around New York, but he hadn't yet been discovered nationwide. Tupac was teaching classes on how to make it out of the hood and how to navigate the business and just make connections in general. And of course, all eyes were on him. However, it seems Tupac was focused on helping Biggie become a huge success. And took him under his wing and treated him like his lieutenant. He let Biggie perform at every show he did. Tupac would mentor Biggie, giving him advice on how to get rich and famous, and told him that the real money was made rapping for the bitches instead of for the homies. And Tupac says proof the proof Biggie took his advice to heart is seen when you compare Biggie's first song, Party and Bullshit, to the hit song off his first album, Big Papa, you know, which admittedly has a swankier, sexier feel to it than Party and Bullshit did. Yeah. He definitely took that to heart.
0: I love it when you come me big papa.
1: Put
2: your hands in the air. If he's a,
0: he's true, a true player.
1: player. That's Point true. Only. Yeah. That's true.
2: For the girls and the gays.
1: What? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I don't, gay people can like whatever they want.
2: I was calling you guys.
0: Oh, was, oh was, okay. Was, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That makes more no, sense. Yeah, you
0: aimed it for the bitches, but yes.
1: Yeah. So before Biggie released his debut album, Ready to Die, there was a lot of uncertainty with Puffy and his brand new big, big boy records. So he asked Pac if he could join up with Thug Life and have Tupac be his manager. Because from where Biggie was standing, he could see that Pac was staying at the Waldorf Waldorf Astoria, dating Madonna and all kinds of shit. Meanwhile, he had been wearing the same pair of Timberlands for a year. So joining Tupac made all the sense in the world. However, for some reason, Tupac told Biggie that he should stay with Diddy. He said, Sean will make you a star. Wait. I'm not sure why.
0: Tupac was dating Madonna?
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: Wait, the Madonna?
1: Madonna, yeah. The white lady who sings pop music, yes. Yeah.
2: What? I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, it was like a short stint in like April 93 to like October 93 or something like that. Maybe less. Yeah, he dated Madonna. So, you know, Biggie sees this, you know, he's looking at Pac, he's staying at the Waldorf, he has limos picking him up, he, you know, he's fresh clothes all the time, he's dating superstars, and meanwhile, Biggie has the same Timberlands for a year, which is unheard of in the rap world. Gotta change your shoes out, gotta be fresh all the time. So, it just made sense that he's like, yeah, I want what you have, I want you to make me a star, because he also wanted to get into movies. So, he's like, Biggie, Tupac, I need you to show me how to get into the movie connection. He just showed me how to make the hits. You know what I mean? But for some reason, I couldn't find why he said, no, nah, just stay with Sean. He'll, you'll be fine. He'll make you a star. Hmm. And, and the rest is history, I guess. But it was just kind of strange that he, he didn't want to do that. In late 1993, Tupac was in New York filming the movie Above the Rim. And he wanted to do research the role. Um, so he started hanging out with a guy named Haitian Jack, who was a music producer who also happened to be a dangerous criminal. Who was kind of like Dexter in a way because the main crime he committed was robbing drug dealers because he knew that a drug dealer wouldn't go to the cops because then he would get arrested too. So he was robbing from the poor to give to himself. I don't know. It was just it's a strange, smart crime. He's right. I don't, I don't think they'll go to the cops. But it just does that make him more dangerous that he's willing to steal from criminals instead of the everyday person? Uh,
0: I think Probably. it makes him, I think it makes him more smart because he's like, well. You're not going to the cops about this crime.
1: Yeah, he has to have a. a, He has to be pretty dangerous if he's willing to take on other criminals. I think so. That's just kind of like who he is. He's not a guy you want to fuck with. Is what I'm saying. Haitian Jack had this swagger to him that Tupac admired, and when they were at the clubs together, Haitian Jack would have a celebrity entourage with him. Uh, He showed him the high life and got Tupac into high end jewelry. Uh, then in mid-November 1993, Haitian Jack and Tupac were partying at Nell's, which is a downtown club in New York, and that's when Tupac met a girl named Ayanna Jackson, who was 19 at the time. Uh, her and Tupac danced all sexy together, and according to Tupac, she ended up blowing him in a corner of the club. Then afterwards, they went back to his room at the Le Parker Le Parker Meridian Hotel on West 56th, which cost around $750 a night in 93, so I can't imagine how much it costs now, Um, then four days later she came back to his room but this time tupac was not alone three other men aside from tupac were there haitian jack tupac's road manager and another guy that was never named tupac and ayana were having sex in the room when the other guys entered the room and they ended up gang raping her tupac claims he left the room and fell asleep when the other guys joined in but who knows what the truth is Prosecutors alleged that Tupac offered up Ayanna to his boys and did nothing to stop the gang rape. When it came time for the trial, for some reason, Haitian Jack's case was separated from Tupac's and his road managers. Haitian Jack seemed like he made a deal where he would plead guilty to two misdemeanors but wouldn't serve any jail time. Tupac and his lawyers saw this deal as being too good to be true and believed Haitian Jack was a snitch. He was so pissed off that he went to the New York Daily News and told them that Haitian Jack and Ayana Jackson had set him up. Both Ayana and Jack denied this, but even if it was true, Tupac just called out an actual gangster in the news, which I'm pretty sure I don't have to tell you guys, is dumb as fuck no matter who you are.
0: Yeah, yeah so you were saying Tupac's a bad guy.
1: Yes, okay. I've been saying that. Okay. Yeah. And, and This kind of solidifies the fact that he's yeah, yeah. a piece of shit. But. <laughs> right, yeah, and plus he's been hanging out with Haitian Jack and his like he's like he said, he's a real gangster and he hangs out with real gangsters. So he's kind of adopted this gangster mentality from Haitian Jack himself. And that's when in late 1994, Tupac's money was starting to get drained to, to his very expensive legal defense team and giving money to his family, spending money on clubs, going out and doing all kinds of shit. So when one of P. Diddy's rappers, Lil Sean, when Lil Sean's manager um, called him, this guy named Henchman, he called him and offered him $7,000 to do a guest spot on his song, which Tupac accepted. Around this time, Tupac believes that his time spent with Haitian Jack being a real gangster and the street cred he had would protect him, and he even wore lots of expensive jewelry publicly since he was so sure no one would ever fuck with him in New York. The day Tupac was supposed to record his verse was November 30th, 1994, and he was due to be there super early in the morning. Tupac walked into the studio high as fuck with two of his boys and when he walked through the lobby he encountered three dudes he didn't know and they were dressed in army fatigues which sounds weird but in 1994 this was just Brooklyn fashion so he just assumed they must be with Biggie and didn't think twice about these dudes at all plus bad boy rapper Lil Cease shouted out to Tupac telling him that Biggie was upstairs and Sean Puffy Combs was was with him too which made Tupac feel better so that's why Tupac was surprised as fuck when the three dudes blocked the elevator door and pulled out their nines and told them to get on the floor. But this is Tupac, the gangster we were talking about. So he tried to pull out his own gun, but he was shot, then beaten and then robbed of his very expensive jewelry, bleeding and laying on the floor. He played dead until the three dudes left. Once he knew they were gone, he managed to get onto the elevator and went upstairs. When the doors opened, he saw a group of people standing there, including puffy, biggie and henchmen and according to tupac they look surprised and guilty but diddy claims they showed him nothing but love and concern so like oh shit you're supposed to be dead motherfucker yeah that's what the face looks like like, oh how are you alive right now that's kind of the face
0: and then they're like Like, oh we
1: fucked
0: up we fucked up and they turn that surprise into like
1: Oh shit! You're shot, bro. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, that's, let's that's, that's the you. feeling that Tupac got from them 100. percent he's like, yeah. they look like, oh, the, you weren't supposed to be alive right now, dude. How the fuck! <laughs> like, did you get up the elevator. Oh uh, yeah. shit! You got shot. Ah, fuck. Okay,
0: let's get you yeah, help.
1: So Tup- <laughs> yeah, Tupac was taken to the hospital, and and then Tupac claimed that he was shot five times, two times in the head, and two times in his nuts, and the fifth shot went through his hand and hit his side. However. Detective Greg Kading, who will be very important later on, says that the quote-unquote gunshots to his head were superficial and looked more like he had been pistol-whipped than shot. On top of that, according to forensics, it turns out Puck had shot himself in the nuts when he tried to pull his gun out of his waistband. Dumb-dumb. <laughs> Although this is t- technically unsolved, in 2005, Henchman said, Ain't nobody came to rob you. They came to discipline you. But back in 1994, when this was, when this happened, Tupac assumed Henchman was behind the whole thing because it turns out his street name was Henchman because he was Haitian Jack's right-hand man. Also, don't trust a fucking dude named Henchman. That's weird. His, his, name, his name is Henchman. I think that's pretty obvious. Right.
0: but I don't live in the, the rap world.
1: <laughs> this is on Tupac, honestly. You, a dude named Henchman calls you and you're like, yeah, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Like... So it turns out henchman had paid one of his boys $2,500 plus whatever jewelry he got away with to teach Tupac a lesson. Of course, at the time, Tupac didn't know all the details, but he just had a gut feeling. As for Puff and Big, they both claimed and maintained they didn't know shit about fuck. Whether you believe them or not, that's up to you. But they say they don't know.
0: Can we name that the episode? I don't know shit about fuck.
1: (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> which is we we rarely do. I, I
0: I definitely don't know shit about fuck, especially from a guy named Henchman.
1: why why would you trust him? His name is Henchman. Like, have you ever seen a Batman comic or movie or ch- cartoon? Have you ever all watched the Henchmen were with the bad guy?
0: 7 O Seven. You're getting a fucking what? Do you, is he a shoe. No, that was in that was in oh,
1: that was uh, the Golden short Asian guy. Yeah, but he threw, a, all all job. Job. he threw a hat all at job. you. But I think hat, in
0: yeah. Austin Powers he threw a shoe. He threw a
1: shoe. He definitely threw a shoe in Austin Powers. Yeah. Either way, yeah, not fun. Also, don't have your hood name be henchman. That just you, you, you want the you want to catch people off guard. You don't want to tell people straight up what you are. You know what I
0: mean? <clears throat> oh yeah,
1: it's my boy henchman. Oh, I know exactly what you're about. Yeah, shit. Okay. <laughs> So Tupac had been taken to Bellevue Hospital and the Fruit of Islam had con- had gone there to be security for him. But he still feared there would be a second attempt on his life. So he was transferred to Metropolitan Hospital using a fake name. Somehow, he still got an anonymous call by a guy using a threatening tone and he said,
0: You ain't dead yet.
1: Biggie came to visit him that day in the hospital and surprisingly, Tupac's biological dad, William Garland, was already there. Garland says that he and Biggie ended up talking for a bit and he believed Biggie when he said he didn't have anything to do with this. After his surgery, he checked himself out despite doctors advising against that and ended up at his friend's house, Jasmine Guy. The The very next day. Yeah. The very very next day on December 1st, 1994. Literally the next day after being shot in the nuts and wherever else. After he 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 shot shot
0: himself in the nuts.
1: Correct. Yeah let it be known let the let record show let the record show that he shot himself in the
0: nuts because he's an idiot with a gun so but that also...
1: very next day he was found guilty of sexual abuse in the Ayana Jackson case and was sentenced to a minimum of a year and a half in prison bail was set to three million dollars which is crazy excessive
2: is it is though? it is it's it? a
1: lot of money it's a lot of fucking money it is for, a lot for sexual abuse yeah. we've covered cases of murder where it's less than that
2: you're quote unquote the richest and most famous, or not maybe the richest, but most famous. So why wouldn't that be? It, it goes based on like your income, doesn't it?
1: I mean, you're kind of hitting on a point here where he was punished more for who he is than what he did.
2: Yes, if they
0: don't base it off your income, they base it off the crime itself. And yeah, if you should, anyway. if you're a flight risk, the bail's high because they don't want you bailing out, or they just mm-hmm. completely deny bail, but. That's a that's a lot of money because three million dollars in bail. Nineteen ninety four. You're only you're not even paying paying three million because your bail is going to be <clears throat> probably ten 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 to twenty percent of that. I think is what the. I don't math. know what the going rate is, but it's, it's something like that. Because you can bail out below the bail amount mm-hmm. through the bail agents. If
1: you, if you get bonded out. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and they they pay the amount, and then you pay them like ten percent or something stupid. I can't remember. Mm.
1: So. <clears throat> Obviously, there's no way Tupac can come up with that kind of bail money. So he was sent to Clinton Correctional Facility in upstate New York, which is like a stone's throw away from the Canadian border. Prison was not easy for Tupac, and the guards themselves gave him a hard time there. And there was even a rumor that he was raped in prison, but Tupac says that never happened. Like, he adamantly says, I never got fucking raped. I never got raped. He says it a lot, which... Of course he did. Right. (laughs) You can't be a
0: gangster if you got raped, dude. Come on,
1: whether he was or not, uh, it's up to you to decide. Uh, what you can choose to believe either way. You might be right. It's a fifty-fifty hey, 50 chance. At this hey,
0: point, are, are they going to take you seriously if you got butt raped in jail? No.
1: No, and actually, uh, going on, you'll see that uh, during the East Coast-West Coast War, they used that a lot against him.
0: I'm sure they did because he probably
1: did get yeah. butt raped. So it wasn't all bad, though. While in prison, his got third studio album. Split. <laughs> Sorry, who? His third studio album called Me Against the World released on March 14th, 1995, which inclu- included the incredible song Dear Mama. And even though this album was very different from his other two, the album became his best-selling album yet and it went double platinum. Then on April 29th, 1995, he married his girlfriend, Keisha Morris, who was studying law. And during his trial, she had been very supportive of Tupac and even moved to upstate New York to be near to him and help more with the appeals process. Oh, that's convenient? Yeah. You marry sure a fucking is. lawyer?
0: Come on, dude. That's
1: a good point you're making there, Will. Uh, thank uh, you. I'm, I'm,
0: I'm matching up all the holes in the Swiss cheese, bro. Putting it convenient. on that newspaper. Putting it all out there. I'm seeing all the holes in this fucking trial, you motherfucker. Anyways, he's, is, he's dead, so I can't say shit now.
1: While in prison, Tupac had time to sober up and read a lot of books and just think about his life in general. And for a little while at least, he thought that Me Against the World would be his last album and he was going to focus on more positive shit and not this gangster-ass music industry shit. And he really believed this, that this was his, like, what they call the swan song. That is, until a rumor circulated by people he trusted reached his ears. That rumor was one that hurt Tupac to his core and started a whole war. What people were saying was that Biggie knew about it ahead of time. He knew about the hit ahead of time. He owed me more than to turn his head and act like
0: he didn't know N-words was about to blow my fucking head off. And even if Biggie didn't know ahead of time, it's fucked up he didn't know who did it. You don't know who shot me
1: in your hometown. These N-words from your neighborhood. But even if Biggie knew who had done it, or even knew ahead of time that it was going to happen, it's not likely Biggie could have done anything to stop it. You know, he's not Haitian. Jack's not going to listen to this dude. You know, he's got a score to settle.
0: Oh, Haitian Jack, way, Haitian Jack, motherfucker.
1: Yeah. Either way, Tupac was pissed because he had just been shot, and now he was in prison. And on top of that, his own friend had betrayed him. So he's saying. Uh,
0: Big, so he's he's thinking Biggie betrayed him.
1: Yep he's saying at least at the very All least biggie knows knew that it was going to happen or knows who did it and isn't saying shit at the very least but he thinks that he in his mind this is perpetrated by biggie somehow okay so when tupac heard these rumors he decided that he wasn't done rapping because he had a score to settle but he had to get out of prison first and everyone knows appeals take forever so he reached out to shog knight at death row to strike a deal
0: Oh shit.
1: Mo- Mo Preem says that Shug wasn't his first choice though and he was pretty sure Tupac wanted to sign with Ruthless. However, on March 26, 1995, Easy E died from a very specific type of pneumonia called Streptococcus pneumoniae, which only happens in people who have a weakened immune system due to AIDS.
0: Oh shit. Yeah, Easy E. Okay.
1: Is he They think th- there's, okay, so or as with everything, needles. there's only two, there's right, only a, couple, right. there's a couple, ways. There's to only get a AIDS. couple ways to get it, you know. I uh, but as with everything, there's tons of conspiracies surrounding his death because everything that everything happened so quickly. But Eze was a giant whore, so him having AIDS isn't that surprising. I mean, it's, I know it's hard for a man to get AIDS, but at some point he had to come across it, right? He was doing a lot of sketchy hard? shit.
0: I mean, it takes something hard to give you AIDS.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of conspiracies out there, you know, about so maybe, how he died. Let's they, that some or... people even say some people even say Shug did it because Death Row and Ruthless were not friends. There's if you want to know more about that, read the book. But oh, uh they, they were not fucking, friends with each other.
0: Suge's a ruthless motherfucker.
1: Yep. Suge is a ruthless motherfucker. He's a, he's a
0: ruthless bitch. So
1: um
0: he could have Giving him a fucking lace needle when it comes to like hey, That's, what, we're, that's, we're that's one of the
1: conspiracies it. that he got injected with some shit. That he injected Easy E with some shit. Yeah. That's one of the that's one of the conspiracies, <clears> hundred percent. <throat> um see, the, I know it and I don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah, so with Easy E dead, he called up Suge Knight instead on Death Row Records. And that's where we'll pick back up next week. Oh. For the shit. Conclusion. This is going to have to be a two parter here, folks, because I'm nowhere near the end of this story, and we are at an hour, f- over an uh, hour, f- hour and
0: half. almost hour 40. Yeah. So we're going to end it on AIDS.
1: We're going <laughs> to end it on AIDS. Easy ease, AIDS.
0: Now. Uh, you tell us, was he gay or was he laced with something?
1: I, I think it's likely, more likely he was laced with something because if you know anything about the culture of uh, gangster rap back in the day, they don't play that foo-foo gay shit. Mm-mm.
2: okay like Mm-mm. why are those the only choices food or fufu gay or laced you could have used a dirty needle like okay, you you're not allowed to say fufu gay that sounds weird whatever. when you whatever like i'm okay. just saying he doesn't necessarily have to be gay or or suge knight have laced what are the something other, options? So what's the other laced? options laced means that someone put it there uh-huh like dirty means it. that it was accidental like I'm yeah, saying they found, saying, like, they found they a guy with aids him.
0: and they gave him aids i mean come on Okay. I'm not speaking French here.
2: No, I'm saying that he could have been sharing needles with someone who had AIDS.
1: I don't. Know. Yeah, but was he's he? He's never drugs. The theories are better. Was was he, he, I don't know if he was known to do hardcore drugs, though. Yeah.
2: I think he was.
0: Mm, either, that or yeah. either that or like, well, I'm saying, at least needle when
1: he's getting a tattoo. But people, the conspiracy is saying that Shug did it on purpose. Like he knowingly injected him with a needle that yes. was yeah. corrupt. Shug's a fucking
0: he's a menace he's a he's a, he's a big he's a, he's a he's motherfucker.
1: A scary, scary fucking we're gonna talk all about him next week um we're leaving he's off still, with he's, uh, st-
0: he's still in jail right yes he is for the attempted uh, murder mm-hmm. so we're leaving off. off oh my god no, with, uh, two block.
2: in jail for murder not attempted
1: he killed again mm-hmm. with this
0: fucking truck
2: yes oh yeah. nice.
1: Yeah, Shug, Shug is a character that we'll talk all about him and stuff. Not too much about him because I have a lot of other stuff to get to. But yeah, so we're leaving off the story with Tupac in the lowest heat of his life in prison and reaching out to a guy that he knows is not good, but what choices he have? So we'll pick back up next week with the uh, East Coast, West Coast War, with uh, Tupac's life after prison, working for Shug Knight and Death Row. Um, which is West coast. Story.
0: best coast. I'm talking so about. Uh,
1: join us next week as we finish off Tupac's life story and uh, the murder of Tupac and Biggie. Yeah. So yeah, that's it for today. Uh, don't forget. We have bad news bears on Instagram so far. Um, go ahead and start liking that page. And Emily you want to tell us where to find us for
2: now. You can check us out still on Bloodthirsty Times on Facebook and Instagram. You can email us at bloodthirstypod at gmail.com and you can TikTok or Twitter at bloodthirstypod. Ooh. Yeah. And we'll get those other socials for bad news bears up and running soon, but go ahead and like Instagram, like Alcabia said. I gotta be honest with you.
1: I decided to do Tupac. I was super excited because I love his music, but I was not prepared. Just 180 on him. I'm just like, man, that guy sucks.
0: Oh uh, yeah, I am. Very against Tupac.
1: Yeah, his music's great though.
0: Mm, define great. I find great. Mean, really I, good. I, like I think it's pretty good. He like, has one good song.
1: He has several.
0: Hmm, debatable. No, not no, it's not. It is part
1: of several, maybe mm. not the whole thing. Yeah, it's just, it just heartbreaking, honestly. Like, man, why you gotta be such a piece of shit? You know. Well, Aaron Hernandez was great at football when he killed someone, so I mean, mm-hmm. uh,
0: yeah. yeah. You just never know, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Greatness comes with uh, disappointment, apparently.